Welcome to the Food Peace Please podcast, co-hosted by Serena Marie, RD, creator of Food Freedom Fit Fam, and Susan Ports, RD, creator of Fertility Nutrition Academy. Our joint mission is to empower women to embrace food freedom. We want women to realize there's more to life than changing your body and counting your calories, macros, or points. While we are medical professionals, this podcast is informational only and not meant as a substitute for individual medical advice. Now, let's get this party started. Hey, hey, hey. Welcome back to another episode of Food, Peace, Please podcast. Serena and I are here today, and we are so pumped to jump into this topic. But you know, before we start our podcast, we always like to start our joint episodes together by sharing what's new. So Serena, what's new? Okay, guys, we're 10 days out from my wedding, so I promise we're not going to be talking about my wedding every episode for the rest of our lives, but um, just what's new with me is I am like drowning in the wedding test. Um, It doesn't ever get smaller somehow, and, you know, this morning I woke up to bring my, you know, cathedral-length veil to the dry cleaner to get pressed and cleaned, and it has a huge hole in it, so... (laughs) You know, our wedding had gotten canceled, um, so it's been, like, sitting in my closet for a few months, um, and I guess at some point, somehow, it ripped. I'm not sure how slash when, but now I have to reschedule my client for tomorrow. Um, Sorry, girlfriend, if you're listening to this. I have to go to my seamstress and have her get my uh, give me an opinion on what to do, and I also made two appointments at bridal shops to look at new veils if it comes to that, so... Ah, it's just been crazy, but I'm excited. It's only 10 days away from the wedding and, you know, that's that's very exciting stuff. Just got to kind of like take it day by day right now. Yeah, it is super exciting. And I didn't realize that your veil was like cathedral. And I like when you said that, I was like, oh, I can't wait to see pictures. Like, ah, uh, that was like the one thing, like if I was going to get married again to my husband, of course, uh, <laughs> I would definitely have a cathedral length veil. I mean, I loved my veil. I wore my mom's veil, but I would definitely like, I probably would use it and then I would like make it cathedral length. Yeah, I'm, you know, that's kind of the thing is like, I'm very committed to the cathedral length and like, it would just be like a huge bummer to have to buy another one because they're pretty expensive. So I don't know. I mean, weddings are expensive and every time you think you're done spending money on your wedding, something pops up. So yeah, (laughs) Uh, I'm excited though to rock the cathedral length veil soon. Um, What's up with you over there, Susan? Hopefully you're feeling a little less stressed out than I am. Yeah, I definitely think that I'm less stressed than you are. So in case anyone is wondering, yes, Serena is definitely the more stressed one. But also, if you've gotten married, I think you should just – you probably understand what this is like because I totally remember it too And she keeps telling me things. I'm like, oh, yes. I've been married for seven years, but I still remember. <laughs> I still remember what it was like. Um, so what's new with me, I – so I shared in one of our recent episodes, like we went through our second an egg retrieval. Um, So right now, honestly, the biggest thing that's new is like I'm kind of just sitting here in another waiting period, uh, waiting to see if our one embryo that we have that was – it was rated like a really good quality, like the best quality you can have, which was really, really exciting. Um, 
but we're waiting to see if it has like the normal amount of chromosomes. Um, the reason why we opted to do this genetic testing this round is just because we didn't do it last time. And we ended up doing, we had like two failed transfers that didn't result in a pregnancy at all. And if you are on a fertility journey or if you've done IVF, then you know, like it's a lot on your body. And um, last summer after we did like two back-to-backs like transfers with like all the progesterone, they put me on like prednisone to decrease my immune system. They put me on like a blood thinner, like all of the things. I was so sick for like six weeks after like coming off the medications. Like my sister got married and like I had to tell everyone I didn't have COVID because (laughs) I was like sick with pneumonia and I had to go to like the doctor the week before my sister's wedding to like get an antibiotic because I was so sick for yeah, a solid like six weeks after. So that is why we're like opting to do that this time is because it's a lot on your body. Like those progesterone shots are, let me just tell you, not fun. Um, And all the other things. So that's why we're opting to do that this time. It just increases um, the likelihood that hopefully this embryo, if it's normal, that it will stick and that decreases the chance of like miscarriage. So that's where we're at with that. I I forgot to actually tech the uh, box for you about this, but I've been thinking about you so much recently because as I'm in my wedding to-do list hellhole, I've been watching the Kardashians in the background and um basically one of the Kardashians is going through IVF and she's been doing the craziest things and like obviously spreading all this misinformation about like getting pregnant. And I'm like, thank God Susan is doing the work she's doing because if I was like about to start an IVF journey or was on one and watching what Courtney's doing, she's literally like, they're starving themselves. (laughs) They're like not having sex. They're like, um, have to spend four hours a day in like a spa, like getting wrapped in all these weird things and like having like special herbs like up their vagina. Like I'm like, oh my God, like I would be terrified if I was. <laughs> and I'm like, the only reason I know this is complete bogus and crazy is because I talk to you all the time. But I'm just like, thank God Susan is around like fighting all this misinformation because first of all, who has access to like four hours of spa treatments a day plus like not basically barely eating for like two weeks while you're on this like fast thing she's doing. But um, anyway, my point being, thank you, Susan, for like helping <laughs> to like rectify all the misinformation out there in the world. My God, you guys can't see my face right now, but Serena can. And I'm like in utter disgust. Like – fasting for we okay that's like so terrible for your fertility let's just put that out there and this is actually making me think like I probably should look at and see what this girl's up to and I like do not get into the Kardashians so like I don't know anything about this so I should be looking to see what it is that she's doing because like oh that sounds like a lot of misinformation right there Yeah. I mean, I have to admit, like, my biggest pleasure in life is, like, horrible TV. Like, The Bachelorette, Kardashians, like, F-Boy Island. Like, I just love the trashiest TV on TV. That is my favorite. So, yes, Kourtney Kardashian is going through some crazy times. And I get she's desperate and she wants what she wants. And she's, you know, kind of giving in to these 
crazy um, marketing tactics out there, but it's just really helped me be like, thank God I'm friends with Susan and she is like out here like spreading the good word of like what actually needs to be done in order to have a healthy IVF cycle or a healthy pregnancy. So thank you, Susan. (laughs) You're welcome. Um, I just want to like add a quick little note before we dive into this topic. Uh, I also love trashy reality TV. Like it is my thing as well. Like, so right now I'm at the epitome of my trashy reality TV. And that is I'm watching Big Brother, The Bachelorette. And the reason why I say I'm at the epitome of it is because Big Brother's on three nights a week. I got The Bachelorette on one night a week. So I got like four nights a week of reality television going on in this household. And I actually think my husband's probably glad that I'm at home and he's in Pennsylvania right now. (laughs) Wait, I'm laughing so much because Anthony feels so bad for me because I have been so stressed out. So he keeps giving me the TV. So we have been just watching F Boy Island, The Bachelorette, (laughs) and The Kardashians on repeat. And he's like, are you kidding? Like, when is the show going to end? And I'm like, don't worry. There are so many episodes to watch. So that's really funny. I'm going to have to check out Big Brother. Oh, yeah, you got to get into Big Brother. Uh, the one thing that I need to figure out yet is Love Island is usually on CBS and mm-hmm. uh, it is on Paramount Plus this summer. And so I'm going to have to figure out if I'm going to like do a free trial and binge watch all of Love Island. Like, I, I'm, I just can't help myself. I, I totally get it. I totally get it. It's just like uh, what your brain needs. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's so like, I don't know. It is. It's like brain. It's like numbing and like hilarious. And I don't know. I really get into it. It was really funny because we're like not talking about our topic at all. But hold on, guys. And then we're just rambling. (laughs) One more second. But I was watching the the Bill Burr special on – I think it was like Netflix. And he was talking about how like – women like don't really watch the WNBA, which is like the female like basketball association. Um, But instead they watch all these shows about like women tearing each other down, like, you know, like The Bachelorette and like uh, F-Boy Island and all those things. And I was like, honestly, I feel very ashamed right now, but that is really true because I never watched the WNBA. I always watch the NBA. I love me some basketball. Never watch the women's basketball, but I will like tune in to trashy reality TV where women are like cat fighting all day and it's not good. I know. I don't know what it is. I just love it. I, I just know. love it. Dang. Okay, fine. We'll get into the topic for today. I'm sorry, you guys. If you didn't want to listen to this, you could have just fast forward. We should have told you in the beginning. Fast forward to 10 minutes in if you want to get to the goods. Or you could DM us and let us know what your trashy TV obsession is. Yes. 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 <laughs> Please let us know. <laughs> we want to know. <laughs> Okay, so the topic for today is getting into why you should unsubscribe from diet culture. That's what we are going to be diving into today. So I want to start with asking Serena, and we really want to share this with you guys because we just want you to like understand, like we haven't always been like unsubscribed from diet culture, right? Like we were totally like 
dietitians in the throes of diet culture for years and years and years and years. And so the thing that I want to ask Serena is like, what was the pivotal moment for you where you were just like, no, I'm done? So, okay. So I know we've talked about this a little bit in the past. And I think what's really interesting, Susan and I were kind of talking about this before we went live, is like, we're probably going to like retell stories. And also I think there's different pieces of the stories that we can like dive into at different times. So, you know, I kind of feel like my unsubscription from diet culture or basically like pursuing quote unquote healthy eating, clean eating or weight loss or tracking for me, I think it was like happening in stages. But the moment that popped into my head when Susan initially asked me this question was, I remember going on vacation in Paris And so this wasn't that long ago. Um, This was maybe like 2018. And I remember going to Paris and it was the first time in my life when I went on vacation and I literally didn't follow any of those like, you know, those rules, like if you eat breakfast, like just eat a low like carb breakfast because you're going to eat carbs later. Like I didn't do any of that, like, you know, kind of like following diet rules thing. Like I just was like, if I wanted to drink, if I wanted to eat, if I wanted dessert, like I didn't track anything. I didn't pay attention to any of my crazy rules. I just went to Paris and enjoyed myself. And I remember coming home from that trip and like, I felt so good. Like I felt like a level of like connection with my body that I had never felt before. And, you know, I think when you're on vacation and you're not working and when you're hungry, you can like stop and eat. And when you're tired, you can stop and rest because you're on vacation. Like, I think I needed that experience um, to be traveling and to like honor and cater to my body's like desires and needs without letting food rules or like other things get in the way. And when I came home from that trip, I just felt so connected to my body. And I think it was like my first experience of being like embodied since childhood or like since like, yeah, I think since childhood. And I just remember being like, wait a second, like what happened on that trip? Because I came home from the trip and I was like, okay, ready to like get back to my fitness pal, like start all my dieting again. And I just remember being like, wait a second, like I didn't do this in, in Paris and I felt incredible. And that was kind of like that pivotal moment for me when I was like, wait a second, I think there's something to this whole not tracking, not food rule following. And at some point I bought intuitive eating the book after then. And I don't really remember how that came to be, but that's kind of like what that shift looked like for me. It was like this powerful aha moment on a trip in Paris. I don't know. What about you? Like what was your pivotal moment when you decided to unsubscribe. That's a really good story. Like I really enjoyed that, hearing that piece of it because I feel like, well, my story is less glamorous. Um, (laughs) I I feel like, so for me, it was like over time, it was like seeing one, it was seeing clients working in an outpatient dietitian setting. And people telling me things like, you know, they're they're doing all the things, right? Like they're doing all like the exercise. They're eating the way they quote unquote should be eating and yet like they're not losing weight. And so inherently what is wrong with them, you know? And so I'm seeing that in the clinic and 
and then within like my own life, I'm like seeing how I'm like interacting with food and I'm like, this just like doesn't feel right. And the pivotal moment for me was like, I honestly, like a friend recommended the intuitive eating book and it was the second time that I picked it up and I actually started reading it that then when I was reading it, I was like, oh my gosh. It was like all of the light bulbs were going off for me. And I was like, yeah, I'm done. I'm never going back. Like this makes so much more sense to me, like logically, like than anything I've ever been taught about food and nutrition. Like, don't get me wrong. I learned a ton in, you know, undergrad and grad school, but, and there's a lot of science that you learn that's very incredibly helpful. But like, it just, this approach made so much more sense to me that I was just like, yeah, I can't. And it, it was literally like this feeling in my body where I was like, I can't continue to one, eat this way, but I also can't continue to counsel people in this way. Like I have to, I can't do that anymore. Like, and it was just like done. And like, from that point on, I was like, like, completely shifted how I approached food in my body and then in turn like how I was like working with like patients at the time and then that morphed into I have to do my own private practice. <laughs> yeah, I, I it's funny you said that because like I said, I feel like there's so many layers to the story. Like that's like the pivotal moment that popped out to me, but I also remember being in private practice and having the clients that were quote unquote doing everything right and they weren't losing weight and they were getting frustrated and I was getting not frustrated at them, but kind of frustrated at like, wait, why isn't this working? Like I have all this knowledge and like we're doing everything right, quote unquote. And like, why aren't they losing weight? And it's just so funny because, you know, I think probably the most frustrating thing about having all of the education, like the college degrees and like time and energy Susan and I have spent on like becoming RDs is that at no point did anyone ever tell me, you know, dieting doesn't work long term. Like dieting has a 95% failure rate at the two-year mark. Dieting's the number one predictor for overall weight gain. And it's just like seems like this really like insidious system that like that's a really important like nugget of information for us to have as providers that like our body literally is going to be working against us to protect and not lose weight right that weight loss is this like negative thing that's happening to the body um that is trying to protect itself against and so i remember that very vividly that feeling of like why the heck isn't this working? Like, what do I say to this client? Like, how do I help this person? And yeah, I think that was a huge part of my decision too, to be like, wait a second, this is, it doesn't make sense. Like, that's why these clients aren't losing weight. It's not because there's something wrong with them. It's because their body is smart. Yeah. And it's not even like, I, like, you know, I think a lot of times, like, as a person on like an intuitive eating journey or food freedom journey, I think before you get to that point, like you have reached a point where you feel helpless and you just feel like it doesn't matter what I do. Like my body just gains weight. My body, you know, like it, it, I think about food all the time. I'm always binge eating. Like you feel helpless. And I think the interesting piece of this that like that we're not saying is that like as providers, 
like we also feel helpless. Mm -hmm. Like I also felt like almost like helpless as a provider trying to like help you um, do this because we were taught like to teach you how to calorie count and we were taught or macro count, you know, or like the plate method or whatever it is. Like, and like we were taught, but like that's supposed to work. And so I think as providers, like you also feel a little bit helpless. So I think like it's just recognizing that like this approach doesn't work. And especially in the long term, like of course we're saying like you can you can do it in the short term. But I, I think also too, like once you start to recognize this, you see that like you see how obsessed with food our culture is. And obsessed with losing weight. Yeah. And it's sad. Yeah. And you see the patterns, right, of like the girl on Instagram who loses the pounds and then she disappears and you see you see her and she's gained it back. And in our society, we're taught to think, oh, well, that's too bad. She gained it back rather than reframing it as what is biologically the truth of, oh, her body is protecting itself and staying at its healthiest set point weight. And it makes sense that this woman gained the weight back, right? But instead, we're like, oh, yeah, it did work. It did work temporarily. And we think it's a failure of the person that they gained the weight back eventually or maybe gained back more than they initially lost. And I think what you just said, that helplessness is like we're nurturers by nature, like Susan and I like specifically, but I think a lot of dietitians like we are very nurturing personalities. Like we are doing this work because we want to like help you and and heal you. And, you know, it's really felt kind of cruddy, I know, for me and from what Susan's describing to have people like struggling and you're kind of sitting there and you're like, I don't know why it's not working, right? Like we didn't know until we finally did know when we kind of discovered, oh, dieting doesn't work 95% of the time. So I, I kind of feel like what we're dancing around here is like, so why should you, who was listening, like why should you unsubscribe from diet culture? And I think the the golden nugget here is you should unsubscribe because it is, it's a hamster wheel, right? Like it's never going to work. You're never going to get where you're trying to go. You're going to be on the dieting roller coaster up and down, up and down for the rest of your life, right? Like I think that's really why somebody should unsubscribe. Like do you think there's more to that story, Susan, about like unsubscribing? Like, what do you think? I think that's the biggest piece because when you get off that hamster wheel and you unsubscribe from it and you learn how to listen to your body and to respect your body and you start working in a partnership with your body or like we always say, like treating your body like it's your best friend. When you start working in tandem like that, like – let me just tell you so many other things in your life get better. Like you're actually able to like get out and like live your life in a way that feels good for you. And so the reason is it gets you off that hamster wheel and it opens the door. Like think about it like getting off the wheel and you're literally walking to like the front door and you're just like opening the door to like the rest of your life. Because when you get off of that and then you finally build like this trust and this relationship with your body where you're like, you know, I trust that my body's telling me what it needs and that I can give it what it needs. 
like you have so much more brain capacity and mental capacity to do other things. Like honestly, like part of like diet culture and dieting is that's why it's a huge part of the patriarchy, which is keeping women small. And and I and this is gonna get a very like a little bit political here, but like it is it is keeping women small because it's keeping you from utilizing so much of your brain because you are spending all of your brain power worrying about food and your body rather than taking that brain power and putting it into something else that feels really good and powerful for you that could potentially change your life or change other people's lives too. Preach. Like (laughs) preach. Yes. Yes. And if you're listening to this and you're like, why are this took a weird turn? It didn't take a weird turn. Like, I'm sorry to <laughs> politely disagree, but this is literally the like the crux of the problem is that if women are consumed with trying to constantly be thinner or look better or look prettier to meet this unrealistic societal ideal, and that's why they stay subscribed to diet culture right? They're going to be on a hamster wheel, spending all their time running, all their time counting calories, all their time eating clean and worrying if there's gluten on the menu when they could be pursuing their dreams. They could be present being the best mom ever to their kid. They could be present at work, like getting that promotion. And, you know, we're human beings. If we're running on too little energy to run the system, you're not going to be your most present like badass self. You're just not. It's because you're you're an, an animal. Like you just can't be. So yes, like I'm so happy we kind of like took a moment to acknowledge that the reason that society kind of is running off this idea that women do need to constantly lose weight. They do need to look a certain way. The reason that that keeps getting perpetuated is because there's industries that are benefiting from it, right? Like there's makeup companies and diet companies and clothing companies that are profiting off of the fact that you're spending all this money trying to like squeeze yourself into shapewear or to pop in diet pills or buying makeup to contour your face or what have you. And and listen, guys, like I'm a girl. I own like shapewear and makeup and stuff. I'm not saying don't buy that stuff, but I'm just saying like what is it in terms of priorities in your life? If it's one of your top priorities, I'm just asking you, are you missing out on the good stuff in life because you're prioritizing like the way you look and forget about the way you look, the way – society has told you you need to look versus just like finding your identity and dressing yourself and taking care of yourself in a way that actually makes you happy. Like we haven't even talked about happiness here, right? Like how is your diet and your lifestyle choices, how is it affecting your happiness? You, you, you deserve to be happy. Yes. Yes. I was like, I think – so sometimes I think when you're still on, like, the inside of diet culture and, like, you're – maybe you're, like, just getting introduced to, like, recognize, like, what diet culture is. Like, I totally remember what that was like. And so you're just, like, being introduced to, like, this whole new world of, like, oh, my gosh, there's another way. 
Um, so when you're just being introduced to this, like, and you know, you hear what we're saying and you hear like the passion behind our voices telling you that like, you can like, essentially, you know, we're like, you can have it all. You can be happy. Like, I think sometimes it's hard to like conceptualize, like, what does that mean? Like, if I stop obsessing over this, like, then what does it mean? And so I, what I kind of want to take like the last few minutes of this episode to talk about is I want Serena and I are just going to share because we can share a little bit about like our own lives, like what it has brought for us. But I think also like we've helped a lot of clients and we've seen like some of the magical things that have happened for our clients' lives by reshaping their relationship with food and their body and unsubscribing from diet culture. So I think it's pretty obvious, at least from my standpoint, that like for me, it opened me up to this like whole world of like private practice and working for myself and being an entrepreneur and like being able to like embrace like trusting myself and like listening to my gut and like just like came more into myself like than I was in the past. But What I also have seen in my clients is like, you know, I had clients like quit their jobs and like get, go on a whole new career path or come like develop like a side hustle that like they were really passionate about or take up like new hobbies, like playing the piano. And I I mean, like those are just like a few of the things that like jump out to me initially. So Serena, are there things that you like that your clients have like grasped from like unsubscribing from diet culture? That's really magical. Yeah. It's funny you're saying like started a new career or like started a side hustle. That's really common with my clients too, which we've never talked about this. So that's super interesting. Like they're like, you know, F it. Like I want to do this with my life because now they can, they have that energy to like realize like, wait a second, like dieting was keeping my life small and I have all this potential, right? All this energy and life to live Um, or starting a side hustle or, you know, for me, I work with athletes mainly. So maybe it's something along the lines of like, wait a second, like I could run a marathon. Like I could run an ultra marathon. Like I can eat enough fuel to fuel it. And I am a runner. That's like a belief that my clients and I are constantly working on is like, I'm not a real runner. It's like, uh, yeah, you are. So like really like owning and claiming I'm a real runner. I can run this tough race. Like I, I have what it takes. So, um, yeah, I think, you know, it's so hard when you start your food freedom journey to think that, you know, simply talking to a dietitian could lead to a new career path or, you know, finding like the gusto to sign up for a marathon or, you know, whatever it is. But that's what food freedom gives you is like this freedom to explore other parts of life that dieting kind of takes away from you because you're so consumed with thoughts of food and body image. Yeah, exactly. And like – I it, like I'm thinking too about like when you're on the fertility journey and you're obsessing over like that you need to eat clean and you need to eat whole unprocessed foods and then like you take all of those rules away and you can get back to just like actually living your life like without guilt and still try to have a baby at the same time how empowering and feminine and fertile is that? Like, it's so freaking fertile, you guys, to live your life. So fertile to live your life. Like, 
What's not fertile is restricting and not allowing yourself to enjoy your life or doing it and then feeling guilt and shame because now you think that's the reason why you aren't pregnant. I love that. Yeah. I love to kind of think of that word fertile and not just the sense of like having a baby, but I don't really know what like the actual like Webster dictionary definition of fertile is, but I think of like growth and Mm -hmm. um, creation and yeah, you're right. Like whether you're on a fertility journey or not, like having this ability to grow your life or create new exciting ventures in your life is like that's what life's about. We always hear that silly quote that's like, do you want to be on your deathbed like remembering you spent your whole life like counting calories and you're just kind of like roll your eyes or like, oh, okay, whatever. But like it's true. Like if you really <laughs> take a second to like imagine what that would be like, like reflecting on your life and it's like, oh, when I was in Paris, I didn't eat, you know, the macarons because I had already had champagne that day. <laughs> like, you know, like that was me you know, a few years ago only. So let's stop being that girl. So yeah, I'm unsubscribed to diet culture. Susan, are you very unsubscribed to diet culture? Oh, very unsubscribed. (laughs) (laughs) Hopefully you listening are very unsubscribed to diet diet culture. Hopefully you're very subscribed to our podcast. Oh, yeah. Yes, yes, yes. And we send will send us talk. a DM. Yeah, send us a DM if this resonated with you, and we will talk to you next week. Thank you for joining us. If you're a female athlete looking to heal your relationship with your body, head to SerenaMarieRD.com to download my free runner's guide to better body image. And if you're trying to conceive, head over to freedom.fertility on Instagram to grab your free starter guide for food freedom, fertility, nutrition.